Welcome to Just for Kicks podcast. I'm joined by Mike on a somber occasion. Uh, the passing of Pele, something we're gonna have to, going to be reflecting on to begin this episode. Before we get into a recap of all the spectacular Boxing Day action, as well as looking forward to the next fixtures, which Mike will be previewing, what was your initial reaction to learning of Pele's passing? And can you reflect a little bit on what he meant to you as a player, as a person, and as an ambassador for the sport, Mike? Yeah, I mean, he is regarded by many as the greatest ever play. I think coming over to the United States for the New York Cosmos, um, he was sort of a a leading light in terms of bringing the game to places where it was not all that popular. And so, yeah, it, it's it's certainly a, a sad time. Um, you know, the the passing of a of a true legend, one of the greatest greatest players of all time seemingly a, a a great person a humanitarian so it's uh it's it's certainly a bummer we always talk about all history rhymes um you know brazil obviously and argentina the two biggest footballing nations in this world despite not being credited with inventing necessarily the game but before this world cup we found out that pele had fallen ill and like you just alluded to, he really was the ambassador that began kind of in the most general of senses, mainstreaming soccer, football, however you say it, tomato, tomato, in the United States. Now he leaves us on the heels of Lionel Messi, really, really mainstreaming and bringing this sport to the biggest stage, highest rated soccer match. He is kind of anointed, risen to the top of the stage and you know, we, we expect him to be in the United States himself as well. It really, really gives me chills and it's, it just can't in the grand scheme of things in the grand story of life and football can't be a coincidence. So let's take a look back at all the action from boxing day before Mike blesses us with more of his picks. Let's start at the top of the table. Arsenal, big question mark up top. No Gabby Jesus. You're playing West Ham. Thought it could have been a tricky fixture. Looked like a potential banana peel. And it played to form in the first half. It looked like Martinelli. It looked like Enkata. It looked like Saka. Although they were creating and the buildup was beautiful, it looked like they were not going to be able to find the back of the net. That all changed in the second half. Mike, how much more convinced are you that Arsenal is the team of destiny this season after that display? It's going to come down to to City and and Arsenal for sure. And that game was extremely exciting. I think Arsenal had the better play, like you said, in the first half, but conceded one and really showed what they were capable of in in the second half. I think something worth noting is that Eddie Nketiah got on the score sheet, which is big for his confidence. And they're capable of playing people like Gabriel Martinelli up top. And I I believe that they're going to be making uh, the Mudrick signing as well. So this team for me is a team. They are obviously missing Gabby Jesus, but the way that they're playing, the way that they have belief in themselves, I think is very evident. I think credit to Mikel Arteta for getting them all on, on that same page. So 
I actually think Arsenal is going to beat Brighton. A little bit of a teaser uh, going forward. And I think their defense is, and for the most part, was rock solid against West Ham. So they're feeling destiny-y, but so is Erling Haaland. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah, and that's another thing. Uh, Moving along to their biggest threat, as you've said, to win the title, Manchester City. They were not firing on all cannons. However, they found a ways to win. Jack Grealish, you know, uh, unlikely character to step up. Did got two assists help Holland get on the score sheet to really ice this game? What did City tell you in that match? I think so. What's interesting is is Grealish. I think the stats made Grealish look better than he was on the day. I I think that he honestly had a poor match. I don't really rate him. I think that he was. Oh, we know you don't. I mean, he's he's <laughs> he, he's he, he's a flop. He he was most expensive English player of all time. And it was a branding exercise that backfired. I agree. And, you know, my mom would have had both of those assists to Erling Haaland. So um, I think Erling Haaland makes it very easy to pad assist stats for other people. I think that City came out kind of flat, but also Leeds came out with the belief that we thought they would, even without a, a Tyler mm-hmm. Adams who was suspended. So uh, I think it's promising for Leeds. I think that it's actually a good thing for City. Uh, Erling Haaland, quickest player to 20 goals. It, it's crazy. Uh, 20 yeah. league goals. So, so he has hit the ground running and he's continuing to do what he's doing. So it's going to be interesting to see if when they meet Arsenal if they can slow him down, because it doesn't look like anyone else can. No, and again, in terms of teams slowing down, Newcastle has shown no signs of letting up. I know it's Leicester, was not ultimately the most daunting task, but restarting the season is going to be tricky for everybody. you got to find that form. you got to have a quick start if you're going to get this Champions League spots, considering how much competition there is in the Premier League for four places. Newcastle looked unfazed. Miguel Almiron was amazing. Mike, uh, you said that the top two is going to be City and Arsenal. And I agree with that. But I just, part part of me wonders if either of those two sides hit a bad patch, we might see Newcastle sneak in the top two with how much belief they have and how much grit they have. I mean, I've I've been Newcastle hype man number one since you know preseason. So I, I tipped them to finish in the Champions League spots ahead of Man United, and they dominated a Leicester side. That unfortunately, I actually think Leicester is going to get relegated. I don't think yeah. that they're going to make any signings. They showed that without Madison, they really don't have anything going forward, and they were just poor all around and so i unfortunately i i see i mean they're only four points from safety right now lester is and i think it's just shocking it's crazy i mean it's a huge fall from grace but they haven't injected the capital they've let a lot of their best players go and it's i think there's probably some bad blood or not bad blood but bad juju in the in the locker room but getting back to newcastle they've only lost once all season it was against Liverpool on, you know, to a relatively controversial 
uh, call. Mm -hmm. And so it's weird. I, I don't necessarily see them pipping top two, but they're starting to really solidify their position at number three. And with Callum Wilson coming back against Leicester, or sorry, against Leeds, I think that we'll really see Newcastle put on a show. So I, I'm I'm loving it the way that they're playing. Miguel Almiron still has, you know, the the finishing touch that we never thought he would find uh, until this season when he proved us wrong. So Newcastle's great. Yeah, absolutely. And aside from Tottenham, who were on a skid beforehand, and we knew there were going to be some um, an emotional letdown heading into this season after the heartbreak that their primary cast of characters faced. Largely, it was kind of a chalky Boxing Day set of fixtures. Uh, Manchester United with a 3-0 uh, victory over Nottingham Forest. We had Chelsea winning 2-0 despite an early injury scared Reece James. And then Liverpool, um, even with Darwin Nunez misfiring, they looked scary. Who of those sides impressed you the most? And uh, if it is Liverpool, how much how much does Gakpo add? What's interesting is Liverpool's issue is certainly not attacking. So they had so many chances in that game. And as a Nunez fantasy owner, that was extremely frustrating. He also, he also busted my Tiago assist prop, which was plus it was over plus 700. (laughs) He busted it a couple times, man. He he just couldn't like, he just could not do it. Um, So they could have conceded more to Villa. And so that's what, that's what concerns me the most. I think, I, 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 I've, I've said it a lot. I, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is a huge liability. I think he's a winger. And until Liverpool understands that, they're going to continue to get exposed down that flank. And Robertson was most of the game ahead of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain in terms of positioning. So again, it's like mm-hmm. if the point is just to gun for goals and – when we leak, it's fine because we're just going to overpower people. That's fine. And Gakpo will add to that. So they're an extremely fun team. And I think it's good to see Mo Salah backfiring. But I would say that the team that impressed me the most was probably Manchester United. And I think that Forrest actually played really well that game. And I think that their set piece to get going with Rashford was great. Their counter is extremely scary. Every time Rashford gets the ball on the run, it seems like something is 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 potentially going to happen. And and even Fred got on the score sheet at the very end. So I, I think I think that and and you got to remember Luke Shaw was was playing center back yeah. in that in that match. And so yeah, United United is is a much different and interesting prospect. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Chelsea should have been more clinical, should have also conceded. Um, but on the on the the whole for for boxing the fixtures, Manchester United is the team that I felt was the most impressive, probably next to Newcastle. Oh, absolutely. And it's just another reinforcement that after a very, very rocky start, Eric Ten Hag is in control. And despite all the voices, all the figures looming over his shoulder, he knows what the side is capable of. He is not, you know, being altruistic about trying to replicate the Fergie era. He is getting maximum points. 
out of the potential of the side. And I must say, I think he's my front runner for manager of the year at this point. Um, Which is crazy considering after week one, it was like, oh man. Then after week two, you're like, this guy's going to get canned real soon. (laughs) After week two, he was wandering around despondently where people were like handing him like things to sign. And he was probably like squiggling like unhappy faces on them. I don't know. It was just, it got really really bad for a second there but hey there's a reason he's there there's a reason he's a proven manager uh domestically and in the champions league and if he gets him back in the champions league you can't wait to see what he can do with the manchester united there and and i think also what's worth noting and it's maybe stating the obvious but um you know it's it's been quite a fall from grace for cristiano ronaldo and removing that distraction from the locker room i've i haven't seen marcus rashford smile that big (laughs) in a really long time. And I just, I feel like the, the good times are kind of back at United and um, yeah, I, I just, I, it, it's, it's a bummer for Ronaldo, but he had kind of passed it and he wasn't willing to sort of admit it. So again, Ten Hag, he's brutal when he needs to be in terms of look, in order for us to win, we have to do X. When he started benching Ronaldo, it was kind of like, what are we doing? They started playing better. So he does what he needs to do. And I think that in terms of manager of the year, like you're saying, I think making a very difficult decision with a club legend like that is is something that is is huge. And, and it, it's been vital for their transformation. We'll be right back in just a second with Mitt's Picks. And now we're back for another edition of Mitt's Picks, where Mike gives you his top picks for the rest of the year. What you got for us this week, buddy? So for those of you that have followed us for a while, Mitt's Picks is uh, a collation of the three top bets for each week. And you know, during the World Cup, uh, did a little bit of a, a different sort of rundown. Uh, last week, picked every single game. But I'm going to give you my top three bets going into this week, and it is heavy on teams covering. We we got to see enough from the Boxing Day fixtures to know that Man City, they started a little bit slow, but once they got going, they were able to easily beat Leeds. I have them, you can get them in, in a three-way spread on FanDuel, minus two, so to cover two at plus 120. I think that they demolish Everton. Everton is next to Leicester, probably playing amongst the the worst football in 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 the Prem right now. And Jordan Pickford is a different player in an England shirt than in an Everton shirt and not in a good way. Housie is a rundown player in an Everton shirt. That's what we're about to find out. (laughs) I mean he's gonna face 25 shots. So this one for me is a five six niller and so I, I think you know you also potentially um you know last last game the Erling Holland scored two or more goals was plus 210 that hit for us this week it's plus 160 I think you probably hit that as well that's that's a, a bonus bet there I would say that my second top bet for the week is Liverpool to cover two goals as well and that's an alternate uh, an alternative spread plus two thirty. Again, I think that they put in at least four against Leicester. They'll probably concede, 
but I really, really like that line a lot. And then granted Fulham got a little bit lucky with some red card action from Crystal Palace. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to want a ton of games. A little more excitable and uh, boxing day for the Crystal Palace uh, folk. Yes. And you're not going to keep playing against nine men every, every game, but Fulham is uh, minus 105 over Southampton. I think that Mitrovic looks scary. I think that Pereira will get on the score sheet. He was unlucky not to. He, he created, I believe, six chances against Palace. Again, got to asterisk all of those, the fact that Crystal Palace was playing without a full squad. But those are my top three bets for this week. So to to recap, City to cover two goals, Liverpool to cover two goals, Fulham to win money line. I think those are your your best bets at bringing home some moolah. Make sure to subscribe to the Just for Kicks podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, check out our Instagram at the Just for Kicks podcast and Twitter at Just for Kicks FC. Hey, have a good new year, kids. See you.